With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Walk Pod post match phone in. Tonight, I'm here with my co host Ian. How are you getting on tonight, Ian? Better than last night, mate. No good. Oh, good, mate. You? Yeah, I'm doing all right. So I hope some people come and join us to give this a phone in. But we might as well start breaking down the game from yesterday. It was a pretty shitty result. In all fairness, don't you feel that way? Um, depends which way you mean. Obviously, it was it, it was a tough one to take the way it happened. Um, but uh, you know, I was quite pleased with the the second half performance. Obviously, the first half was pretty poor from from mostly from Luton, but from from Burnley as well. They weren't they weren't great either. But um, the second half was much better. It was constant pressure after the changes and stuff, and um, we deserved at least a point, I think. Um, a point would have been fair on the balance of play. Yeah, we we honestly did deserve a point. Um, my my take home from it was, I, I've been saying it all week to you, and I said it on the podcast, like, these are the games that were, of course, they're not must-not-losers, but they're, they're not must-wins, but they are must-not-losers in the sense that, Burnley are going to be in our little mini league. I've been saying everyone from 13th down or 12th down, they're, they're essentially going to be in the shit with us. And we've got to make sure that we don't drop points to them, which is unfortunate because, yeah, we have had a slow start to the season. It looked like we turned a corner with Everton. Um, and with Burnley, we should have got a point there. Um, I do feel Burnley will struggle this year. Um because my take home from the game was a better team than us would have absolutely punished their the way they piss about at the back. They they would have got done about ten times over. Yeah, I mean it was nearly a, a lightning start. I felt we could have done better with that really if both of them hadn't gone for it and got in each other's way. Um someone might have come with that, but um the goalkeeper. Well, that was right in front of me. Yeah, Trafford just seems to want to play very high. I know Kaminsky did a little bit at times, but Trafford was, you know, we should have put more pressure on that situation, really. Um, but it is what it is. Um, the score went the way it went. Um, it was frustrating. Absolutely gutting the, the way we lost it. Um, especially as we, we fought so hard to get back into the game to fashion what should have been a point that we deserved but you know these things happen um i still think we you know we're still on on the the right course um 
you know, still positive about the way we've been playing, apart from the first half, really, of yesterday. Um, we looked, you know, extremely jaded. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, we move on to uh, a nice, easy one against Spurs at the weekend. Oh, yep. Yeah, so easy. So easy. Um how many do you reckon we're going to put past them? Seven, eight? I might put six, nice six or seven or eight pints down. I don't know about us putting them goals down, but um, it's going to be a toughie, isn't it? Um, uh, I heard that they might they might potentially rest some. Their fan base said, well, you know, I'll look to them. Um, we'll be ready. Um, I think it, it'll be a wholly different atmosphere tomorrow. Um I heard someone else say it had a little bit of a championship feel yesterday, which I kind of did because it was last season and the atmosphere wasn't as great as it's been. Um, I would say, though, uh, you, you say it was a bit of a championship feel. The Burnley fans were spectacular. Yeah, they were decent. Compared to what we've had at the Kenny, like with West Ham, with Wolves, the Burnley fans were excellent. Yeah, exactly. Throughout. So that's what I mean. It was a championship atmosphere. You don't get that from Premier League fans, do you? No, you don't. Uh, and like the the Luton fans, they they you know, sure it wasn't as noisy as say Wolves, um, but we didn't. I, I think that that beginning bit where Ogbené chased down Trafford right at the start that got the fans going, but then it did slowly get a bit quieter. Um, I think it was just the nerves because everyone felt started feeling that it was a must-not-lose. Just to interrupt you there, Sunderland have just scored a second against Watford. Wee! <laughs> yeah, nobody... Going down, going down, going down. Um, I, I agree. I mean, first half, it was it was pretty flat, to be fair. But um, second half, certainly when we were just dominating and, and, and had all the pressure against them, you know, it was better. It was better. Um, but for some reason, it was just, you know... She wasn't wasn't at it, but you know it'll be wholly different on Saturday against Spurs. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a big team. Obviously, the the biggest team to to visit as an league fixture for quite a quite a long time. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, um, if people want to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, if people want to call in, they can and give us their thoughts. I just request to speak. But we'll, we'll start by breaking down the game. Um, it was. Very unfortunate that Bell went off in the 21st minute. Hamstring issue, I believe. Um, how, I know we've been saying over and over again that Bell looks completely shagged out. But he just keeps getting better every game at the moment. And I hope he comes back really quickly because we missed that outlook to Alfie Doughty on the left-hand side as soon as he went off because he's a natural left-footer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was having this conversation with my brother earlier when we were kind of dissecting the game a little bit. And um, I'd, I'd referenced that we'd spoke about Bell being absolutely shagged at the beginning of the season because he's just... How else? And he's just played so many games. And again, we said that, you know, he did have a little bit of a slowish start for him but then he's just got better and better like you say um, and hopefully that's just precautionary um, you know just like Locks was and and and, and um, Burke and, and whatnot so hopefully it's fine um, because obviously I don't think Burke fits in there for me um, we, 
No, Burke did all right. Burke did all right. I do like Burke as a centre back, as a wide centre back. I think he progresses the ball very nicely. But there is one thing that a natural footed le- left centre back gives you that a uh, a right footed player playing a left centre back doesn't give you. Because whenever Burke received the ball, he goes to put it on his right foot, and his body shape's all wrong to feed it into Doughty. And you could see Doughty just getting so frustrated. He was open so often um, at the end of the first half when he was trying to make things happen. And again in the second half, and the ball just wasn't coming to him. Apart from when there were these um, big uh, cross-field balls to him, which um, Pelly tried to find him a couple of times. And uh, we can talk about Pelly in a bit, but those balls just were not fine. He he didn't have his passing length on yesterday, Pelly, unfortunately. and then moving on to the first goal. Just on that, he did get a couple of oh, did, yeah. did get a couple of good uh, passes in cross field, to be fair to him. But yeah, it compared to his usual, he, he was a little bit off it. It wasn't his usual. I feel in a two man midfield, which actually leads us into the first goal, but we'll talk about it for a bit. In a two man midfield, there's always panic. Um Nakamba was getting busy bursting forward, which, uh, you know, he can play. Nakamba can play. But I want to see him as a defensive midfielder. I want him to sit back. And I feel Pelly doesn't give you as much, uh, although we didn't see much of it, he doesn't give you the the dynamic nature that Lekonga gives you. Because Lekonga is just a better player. I'm not saying that I, I don't rate Pelly. I love Pelly. Pelly's great, and he has been a great servant for the club. But I feel in a two-man midfield, it only realistically worked with Nakamba and Lakonga playing together. That's just my opinion. I don't want to uh, put on my uh, Pelly shaded glasses here, but we've only seen Lakonga a couple of times. I don't think you can really make that judgment. Uh, and for me, you know, um, Pelly against Everton was was superb with. Um, Nakamba um, wasn't quite at it yesterday, um, but you know he gives us something different, and you know he drives us forward and drives the team forward whenever he's on the pitch. So um, I don't think we've seen enough of Lukonga, although his his performances were good. You know that's such a small sample size to be able to say that against Pelly that's given us so much. But that's only my opinion. no. I I know I know. I said I didn't want to. I didn't want to slander Pelly. I, I really don't. Um, but then let's have a look at the first goal. It was literally the most simplistic route that they took through us. Literally through us. Um, Sander Berger, he was he was very clever in the sense that he just watched Pelly's movement and he just went where Pelly wasn't and Pelly wasn't tracking his movement. So the ball was fed into Berger. He literally just flipped it through and... Uh, and Lyle Foster was just through. He was through on goal in a in a battle with Tom Locke here. Potentially, could Locks have done better there? I I I think so. Locks should have. It, it's um Pedro is Pedro Neto all over again. Could Locks have done better? Could Locks have what, taken his legs, just given away the free kick, or just hacked through the ball like like we saw Jordan Bayer do to to Carlton Morris? Oh. Uh, the ref wasn't giving shit. And I'll get onto the ref like, later as well, because the ref was fucking diabolical Shut. throughout this entire game. Um, 
But yeah, what what are your thoughts on that? Because I I felt we we gave that first goal up way too easy. I, th- I think um, against Neto, he he had time to do, to be better on that. Look here, yeah, I know he was stretched, but there was a moment where he could have cleared it and he didn't. Whereas last night, just an unlucky kind of didn't have the time. It happened that quickly, and then it was kind of an unlucky touch. So um, I think it'd be harsh to say he could have done better. It's just one of those things but um it was just straight through yeah it was straight through then he was he was running straight through and i watched it from a different angle he was literally shoulder to shoulder he had his foot on the ball uh, i'm not saying drop lock i think he's a, he's an absolute warrior in the in the center of our defense but you know that's two mistakes in three games and two mistakes in two home games now he's got a cut those out really I just feel bad for him because it's been two goals at home that he's sort of been primarily at fault for or something where he could have done something and hasn't yeah I suppose if you you, you dissecting it a very small scale there I think overall his performances have been you know exceptional really but you know he's been really good for us there's not I don't think there's any talk of, of dropping it, but it's like with all the play, all the all the team at the moment that we need to eradicate the mistakes. Kabori made so many in the first half yesterday. I don't know what was up with him, but he was just frantic. And he's the problem is with Kabori at the minute. It's just he'll have a really good performance and then a not so good performance like last night. He's just so inconsistent. He needs to gain some consistency. That's more important in scratching up for me um, because it just left us so stretched um he just he, he was just frantic and just hacking at stuff and it, it was it was painful to watch to be fair it really was um i i actually said to the people sitting around me like i guarantee you he's, as soon as the clock strikes 60 he's he's coming off because that that's his contractually obliged minutes from man city um i was just Oh, it it was quite painful watching him play because he goes and has an absolute stormer against Fulham, and then and he he put in a good performance against Everton. And then yesterday, uh, you know, I I feel we need a bit more there. But we said it on the pod this week as well. Like, who else goes there to play? Like, we saw Benny there um, oh. in in the last knockings of the game when Brown went off. Yeah. Oh, Benny's played really really well there. Uh... Oh my god! Yeah, you, well, Ogbeni plays well wherever you. That's put true. Him. He could do a job anywhere. Yeah, so I, I do like it because he didn't he switch to 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 that position after uh, late knockings of Everton as well. I think. Um, it's so. Yeah, because we got no one else to put there. No, no, we? no. But um, yeah, well, you you could put Dowie there and 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 put Giles in, but. Um, I, I don't know why Rob Edwards is not playing Giles, considering he had him at Telford, he had him at Wolves in the academy. I don't know why. He's just scared he's protecting him. or I don't know what he's doing. Giles must be thinking, why did I come here? I don't know. I, won't, I don't know if I'd go that far, but um, obviously Dowie is ahead of him. I think that's clear, but Giles hasn't done too much wrong. Obviously, he's... And, and Middlesbrough fans were right at this. He, he is a little bit light at the back, um, but that's yeah. not why we. Well, brought him I in. suggested that. Like it's as simple as putting Ogbeni, switching Ogbeni to Brown side, 
put Giles where Ogbeni's playing, see how Giles and Doughty play together. Yeah. And and then you're absolutely laughing because you've got Giles' delivery into the box. You've got Morris and Ogbeni queuing up. Um, but right now, Ogbeni's undroppable. Brown didn't really fill me with too much confidence last night. I don't know. He, do, he doesn't seem like he has. He hasn't got the pace of Ogbeni. He hasn't got the, pace, the physicality of Morris or the pace of Morris. Um, I just felt he wasn't really offering much. I was delighted when Elijah Adebayo came on. We we can talk about Elijah Adebayo's goal later, but just a brief one on it. He took it so well. I was so happy for him. Yeah, no, really well taken goal. Um, yeah, I was happy for him too. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the way he, Burke headed it down into him. He spun his marker, slotted it, gave the eyes one way, put the ball the other side. Absolutely sensational. And then briefly as well, we'll talk about their second goal that happened 61 seconds later. It was an absolute gut punch. We were still celebrating. The best way to the best way to encapsulate my feelings is uh, Deggy's vlog. If you've seen that, it's been doing the rounds on Burnley Twitter today. That encapsulates it perfectly because we're all still celebrating. And then Brun Larson sends in an absolute rocket into the top bins. And we're all just stunned. Like, what the fuck just happened? Jesus. Um, but that, that was it, I guess. And um, we got some speakers waiting to have a little chat and tell us about their their experience of yesterday. Mark, fancy unmuting and telling us how you felt we got on yesterday. Good evening. 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 Um, yeah, gutted. I don't think I've been that gutted about a, a result for quite a while. I guess Huddersfield second leg. I know obviously it means less, but just that kind of last minute goal in that game and and then the immediate goal like you said after we'd we'd managed to get ourselves back in the game after 80 minutes and and having a really poor first half just for them to score like a minute later was it it felt like uh 60 yeah yeah, yeah it was a a minute and one yeah, second. Yeah, to do all of that work and then just see it undone immediately. I just, I feel, yeah, I think the whole, everyone looked completely deflated by it. I guess we looked really tired in the first half. It wasn't just that we were, we just seemed off it. I know um, Ian mentioned Kabore and I think that probably he highlighted it the most, but we all, everyone just looked a bit off it. Lockyer's mistake just was just him sort of being in no man's land a little bit. And it's not like him as well. I know I know what you're saying about the, the mistake he made with Neto, although that, that's slightly different, but just not we just didn't seem on it at all in the first half. We looked really tired. I don't know whether it's a come down from from Everton psychologically. Um and I think the interesting point with Cavore as well is the fact that he was so um so in two minds at the back, it meant that there was no threat going forwards and they just were able to load that side, particularly in the first half. They just don't, and, and therefore most of the ball was on that side. And actually even Ogbené and Doughty, I don't think got into the game as much as they, 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 you know, they could have done until a bit later on. And since they did, of course, then made the world a difference, particularly in the second half. Yeah, just just really gutted, as I imagine most people are. Um, yeah, it makes Spurs a really really tough tough game as well, doesn't it? Yeah, like can you imagine the difference had we mm-hmm. 
gone into the Spurs game having a draw, that would have been an absolute game changer. You, you mentioned the chalk and cheese of the first and second halves. I'm looking at some of the numbers now. In the first half, yes, we were really lethargic. We had four shots, none on target, compared to their eight shots, two on target. Second half, completely different kettle of fish. We were all over them. 14 shots, three on target, and we had one big chance, and that being, um, don't know if you remember, Jacob Brown had a header. Yeah. Yeah, from like yeah. right Clear. in front of was the goal, we headed it over. Yeah. Uh, his one, um, his one, oh, the one that was headed, no, yeah, he had two chances. So that one, yeah, he headed over from a corner. Right, yeah. Um, and then he also had one in regular play, a cross came in, headed over. Um, it's it's one where I'd I'd quite like to watch the full match back, but at the same time, I really don't want to do that to myself. I'm not watching that back ever again. I watched I watched Eli's <laughs> goal because I really that was a proper. I know you talked about it later, but Eli's goal was was so class, and it was much like what he was the season before last. Just that calm finish, yeah. I loved it. The control and calm finish, and actually that th- there was a couple of things that stood out. I mean, Eli and, and Morris and Doughty, I don't know whether you noticed in the game, in the second half, like there was some long crossfield balls that they just stopped dead. It was amazing. There was at least mm. three times that happened where the composure went from the first half, where it was literally bouncing off us into the stands or back to them. In the second half, just that control was so much better. And obviously that Burke header to Eli where he controls it, turns and shoots, is just epitomises that. So that was great. But no, I'm not watching anything other than the goal back, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I might I might watch the extended highlights just to see more of the performance from the second yeah. half because it, it was really it was a really good performance and there was a lot to take out from that performance that hopefully we can take in Spurs. Like look, it would be peak looted if we lose to Burnley and then somehow get a result against Spurs like uh, it, it would be absolutely what we do um, oh, but like Ogbene do you do you feel like as I feel Ogbene would be a much he, well essentially he wouldn't be playing for us but if he could finish yeah he would be such a complete player because th- there were there were chances in the first half where he didn't quite anticipate the yeah. ball coming through. Like if if you, I don't know where you sit in the the stadium, um, but the ball was whipped across. I think from Brown or Morris, and he slid in, be missed it. Yeah, early um, on in the first and half. then in the second half he was just ballooning headers like over the bar, wide. Yeah. If only. Funny, these were some guilt edge shots. Yeah, I think that first one, I don't know whether he was offside, but I know the one you mean. I think it was Kabore or Brown that crossed it, hit Morris, and he crossed it again. And then he sort of, I I don't know how he missed it. He sort of, he almost got ahead of it. Um, And then I think, I mean, look. Against Everton, I, that that chance that he created completely himself as well. I think without the block, that's that's possibly going in. But yeah, I mean, you're right. The headers, there's so many headers that we missed. Morris, Morris missed a good couple, three as well um, from corners. I remember him heading one wide. I think in the second half that was near post header that looked like it should have gone in. But yeah, um, you're right. He wouldn't play for us yeah. if he could score. If he could score as well, I guess. No, of course, um, he'd be playing for a big six 
club because he has literally all the attributes. But I'm looking at these numbers. Of the 14 shots we had, 13 of them were inside the box. Mm. And then um, 10 of those, no, sorry, 11 of those were just outside the six-yard area. And their the headers that, that were were over, loads of headers that were that were over. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's actually it's, it's not good enough, really. Like Burke had one that was saved, that was on target straight down the middle of the goal. We had Brown's one that was cleared off the line. That was a very good clearance from uh, Connor Roberts. Yeah, I'm... I feel like the, these are must not losers. They really are, and it's it's a shame to, you know, I was hoping that we'd have a a happy space, um, but you know, following on from a loss to what will be a relegation rival. Uh, how do you think it bodes for bone uh, bodes for Burnley moving forward? Well, I think we've. Were you impressed with them yeah, at all? Not, well, not really in the first half, to be honest. I know they scored their goal. I mean, I think they grew in confidence, didn't they? Because, you know, we, we kind of let them a bit in the first half. And then I think they ended the first half and the second half. They looked pretty dangerous. Um, it's difficult to tell, isn't it? I think, um, you know, by all rights overall, they, they certainly probably shouldn't have won it. But then they, they took their chances and they are away from home as well. So you've got to say fair play to them for that. I think that, their style of football is going to be problematic when they play the the top half. I I think it's going to be an issue. But I I I've never really thought of them as a relegation contender. They and they have had probably the hardest set of fixtures of anyone in the entire league. You'd probably argue, right? So it's yeah, they have, they have. But at the same time, um, I, I can see another team that potentially has more prolific strikers oh, yeah. than than us really would punish yeah. them. But they, they were playing suicidal balls around the back and I was not impressed with uh, Al Dakil at no. all. He was I thought he was he was too soft. He was scared to head a ball without letting it hit the ground first. He, he it's like he, he wanted to play football but also keep his hair immaculate. It made no sense. Um no idea where they signed him from. Yeah. Um He's another one of Vincent Company's, um, you know, in the know from Belgium signings. But if, yeah, he did not impress me at all. Yeah, they look, they look, um, get, they definitely look get atable, didn't they? At the back, they look good coming forward. But I think, and I, that's probably what disappointed me the most in the first half. Within seconds, we blocked their keepers. Trafford that goal kick could have gone anywhere, obviously, and we could have been one up in about three seconds. But I didn't see us make the most of that as much. In the first half, I really thought we could have we could have put them under a bit more pressure because they looked like we could have really we we could have really caused them problems in that way. Yeah, uh, Trafford didn't exactly fill me with confidence. <laughs> uh, if if he's going to be a future England number one, like uh, I I don't want him to be a future England number one. He he did not look good. He looked like a very very dodgy keeper. Um, oh, so what was your view of the Morris penalty shout? At the time, like everybody, I was screaming for it. And looking at it back, I'm still of the opinion that it it probably on, on the pitch looks like a penalty from the from when the referees stand in. It, it was a penalty. Yeah. Someone said to me earlier, um, "Oh, uh, he got the ball." Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, he yeah. did get the ball because he went through Morris's. Yes. Yeah. 
that was a penalty. That was a nailed on penalty. And it's not even it's not even going on to the news cycles these days because uh all that you're seeing on the news is all this Liverpool VAR stuff and Liverpool on a match replay and whatnot. Well, I'm, Absolutely shocking. I mean, that we pen. should know never to expect to get a VAR decision in in the, in, in Kenilworth Road, right? I'm assuming that VAR is still not... They still haven't put the TV screen up. That's the only thing I can assume. No, it. I figured it out. Yeah. I figured it out because I was looking yesterday. I, I realised the reason why they won't use VAR at Kenilworth Road is because... And have a look, because it's, it's by the bobbies yeah, in yeah. the corner. It's far too low. It's it's like um, it's like uh, groin height. The screen, but they they literally. I, I hope there's like an extender arm or something to it because they're they're expecting like a referee to get on his get on his hands and knees to watch a replay on that. Maybe they should... like that. That's why they they haven't bothered setting it up. Maybe. They... No Maybe they should just use that TV on the David Priest stand because it's not big enough for a school board. So they just use that instead. Oh my word! <laughs> that can be yeah. a what a... I feel bad for everyone in the Oak Road who just have no chance <laughs> of knowing how long is left left of the game and um and, and knowing the score mm. or anything. Like they should have put a massive scoreboard on the top of the Kenny. Yeah, like they used to. Big yeah. enough. It's high enough. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll do that next season if, if we stay up. Yeah. Um, well, we got Steve Moore. Steve, do you fancy telling us about your thoughts on yesterday? Good evening. Evening. It's, it's disappointing, really, yesterday, as, as we know. And it, it's weird to think of the four games we've had, the last four, that the first four that you'd really say are the ones we realistically against people who are going to, be in and around us, but the only one we've won is the only one we fully well on deserve to lose, ironically, <laughs> in the Everton game. Uh, the big thing with Burnley, because obviously over the course of the first, what, six games or so, we've kind of moved away from the 3-5-2 to the 3-4-3, and it was evident, evident, became evidently obvious very early on last night that this was a game where we needed the, the extra man in central field because the reason we produced by far our worst half at home all season so far in the league, and you could possibly make a case that in the league it's our worst half of football so far this season, is the fact that the Campbell and Perry were just getting abs... So they, couldn't, they couldn't work out what they were doing and when to pick up, when to hand off Brown, Cullen and Sander Burge and it allowed us to not have that first 20-25 minutes that we've had in both home games where we played with a massive intensity and got right on top of West Ham and Wolves because they've just completely overrun them to in midfield purely because of numbers and the three of them also have an awful lot of quality as well it directly led to the goal as well because Perry's picking up Carmen, which is fine, but Berger's pushed on and gone through. Rocky doesn't know whether to step out because Berger's suddenly in space, and the camera doesn't know whether to go to go to him and leave Brownhill three. And we know, but well, Brownhill almost scored with that curler before that. 
See if he don't want to leave Brownhill free. And we know from last season when Kung was, for me, the best player in the entire division in any position, he don't want to leave Cullen free. And that led to that. What was good is, what, 10 minutes into the second half, he really worked out there was no way we were going to play 3-4-3 and be able to get back into the game for that reason. So he moved Brown into a kind of number 10 role, but almost inside right. And then obviously brought Chong on to play there. And that instantly changed things, which was good. And obviously we ended up working in that almost asymmetrical 3-5-2 then throughout the rest of the game. We got our just rewards. And then the really annoying thing is you get a 1-1 with five minutes to go in most games this season. You get Grealish then does what Jacob Brown or Bruno Arson does, or Foden, or Sarah, or any one of those. You're just like, well, that's the quality we don't have. The problem is, it's happened against a team we, who have now got two more points than us and will be around us. That's the difference. And that's the annoyance about it. But there, there are still positives to take away from it. But the problem is we've now got four points from four games that we need to be taking points off. And we've now got to run a games where we need to kind of counteract that by taking points in games against sides better than that. And I cannot see... And obviously, each point we gain against the Spurs or Villa coming up is not worth the same as a point against Burnley or Wolves because they are going to be down there. By taking a point off Burnley last night, if we draw against Spurs, for example, having lost to Burnley, yes, we got the same amount of points, but Burnley have got two more, and Spurs not getting two more means nothing to us. So getting a point against Spurs, getting a bigger, is not the same as getting a point against Burnley this season. Yeah, exactly. I, I I made the same point on the podcast. Like it's the, it's the mini league that we're in, isn't it? Um, essentially, points that we have are points that the people that we're going to be going up against don't have. And yeah, it it was a sucker punch. Do do you think then that we're going to be seeing that as a recurrent theme where we we battle, we 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 sweat to get back on level pegging, then we get absolutely punished? Like just with time five minutes on the clock, then because that that would be concerning, wouldn't it? You, you'd think Rob Edwards would be able to sharpen that up. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's that. It's just my point is that is the outstanding moment of quality that set that we put our hands up and say, right, okay, nothing we can do about that. It's just coming one of the games we really could have done with it not coming in. Mm. Annoyingly, if that if Son does it, well, I mean, I know I think Son's out on Saturday, as is Brendan Johnson. But if that happens Saturday, fair enough. He's well cast. They're well cast players doing well cast things. And but it's a really good player doing something like that in a game that's much more important to us because of the fact that Burnley now have two more points, less that we dropped a point. The other yeah, biggest I don't issue, like the fact that they're level on points with us. I really don't like yeah. that. The other big issue we have, of course, is obviously if 
Bell's out long-term. And the problem with playing a back three, and this is true of anybody, unless it's a proper backs-to-the-wall five at the back, but any side that's trying to set up as a base three at the back that it isn't like three divisions below cup tie, just hang on for dear life, is that, and you saw it last night to a degree, but any time you don't have, in this case, obviously a left footer or a right footer or someone that is so comfortable with one of each that's comfortable at least with one of those, with each foot, it just looks so uncomfortable. You saw it after Bell went off. It's not that Burke's uncomfortable on the ball. We know he's not uncomfortable on the ball. But any time you've got all three that only will want the ball on one foot, the entire basis of everything you're doing in the back three to attempt to build looks uncomfortable. There was periods last night where as a Welshman, I was having deja vu horror show flashbacks to us trying to have to play James Collins at less than a half because Ben Davis was suspended in the Euro 2016 semi-final and it just stopped us being able to get the ball to the legs of Gareth Bale in forward positions in that semi-final because it made the back three so much more uncomfortable in trying to build the ball through the thirds and even... It being a direct side, it still looks like you look so uncomfortable on the ball that you're trying to shift. You're trying to shift it between the three of you, but the other team know that the entire left hand, in our case, the entire left hand side flank, the balls aren't going to be played through there because the left centre half is moving into the space that really the centre half should be in because the ball's immediately first touch onto the right foot. Yeah, it was a it was a real big shame, and it did actually get Doughty out that it cut him out the game for such a large portion of it. It's a real shame because he is sort of our secret weapon. Like uh, six key passes again yesterday, that sharply fell off. Like once Bell went off, uh, what what do you think of Mengi? Um, Mengi Mengi looked okay. He, there was no outstanding horror show from him. He he didn't look like he was uncomfortable for the level any more so than any of our other players. In fact, the only player in the last couple of games, particularly last night, who looks not up to the level is the guy that was playing for one of the biggest teams in France last year. And that's Issa Kabore, who had by far the worst game I think any of our individual players have had in the Premier League all season last night. He was absolutely roasted by Corio Show. He was actually, at times, made a full out of by Charlie Taylor, which is not a great sign. Not that Charlie Taylor's a bad player, but he's certainly not one of the better left-sided players he'll be coming up against this season. And frankly, I genuinely, obviously we were chasing the game by that point, but I thought we looked more comfortable when Benny was playing right-wing back than we did when Kaboro was playing there. Yeah, very much so. That That's a very popular opinion. Um, unfortunately, Kabore is sort of tied to those contractually obliged minutes from uh, Man City. Um, it is a real shame, though, because Ogbené sort of balanced out our play a bit because I find with Doughty and Ogbené, we are very left-heavy, whereas with Kabore and Brown, th- there's no threat coming from the right side, in my opinion. Like, I don't feel Brown has the trickery to carve out chances like like Doughty or Benny has. 
Whereas when Obeni was there, he was actually getting at them. He was getting to the byline. He was whipping in crosses. And Chong, when Chong came on in that position as well, he, he'd he actually drive infield with the ball, which was excellent as well, because that was another way of bringing Doughty into the game. Yeah, like I say, I don't think by that stage he was playing, we were playing 3-4-3. Three, three. We, we, he was playing to the right-hand side of central midfield, but we changed to have almost almost number a right sided number ten in Brown and then Chong because of the fact we were getting overrun in midfield, and it gave him obviously the freedom to to do what he liked from that position, which really helped Chong because he is such a talent on the ball when he has the freedom to go after people, which he showed last night. Yeah, well, I found in the first half it was a bit of an asymmetric press because you'd have Ogbene and Morris sort of up top pressing and they'd have like the centre and the left side pinned down. But then Burnley had it too easy getting the ball out when they sent it to the, the uh, to their left-hand side because Brown was starting his press from the halfway line, which was I found really weird. Like, Did you notice that as well? Yeah, I did, but I've noticed that for several games now. I think that Obrenny starts so much higher. It's almost like Cabal is playing right back and Brown's playing right midfield of a four and Obrenny's playing centre forward and Doughty's playing left winger because he's pushed right up. It's very asymmetrical in that sense. But like I say, there was a clear for me move to move Brown more into the centre to help to cope with the numbers problem we had in there for about five, ten minutes. And then he brought Chong on. Actually, not on before Brown had the head he was very unlucky with. And then he moved. And then obviously he brought Chong on, who'd be more natural in that position anyway. It was quite evident they were starting much more... They, that he moved them today, they were m- much more in field. But you are right that our, our standing starting press in the three four three is very asymmetrical. Yeah, like potentially it could work. Like uh, I'd like to see Barkley sort of in that wide ten role potentially. Um, but most importantly, I want to see Nakamba playing out the back. Really, um, like I want to see Nakamba playing in the middle at the back. Um, we have a, a Burnley fan that's requested to speak. Um, FR, if you want to... Uh, I think he's Aston unleash. Villa, mate, to be honest. He's Aston Villa. So I'm looking at the tiny little... Is that Ollie Watkins? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Hello, good evening. Hello, you are on live. Do you want to say anything? No. Okay. I'll just remove him from the speakers then. Um, well, I feel... I know, Ian, shall we wrap this up? Because I, I feel a lot of people don't really want to, you know, post-mortem this. Um, yeah, it's I one think... of those games that we want to sort of get over and done with. I think, I think the thing we've got to remember as well is... Um, and I know... In Luton terms, we've spent a bit of money, but they spent over a hundred million pounds, and we're still being competitive with them. You know, um, I, I don't know what quite they've spent a hundred million pounds on, um, 
but you know we were it, it was really making their away. loans permanent yeah well <laughs> i don't know if it was it was very good recruitment because they haven't looked fantastic all season they've looked okay like as they've they've kind of progressed over performances but um Certainly not 100 million pounds worth. Um, well, let me ask you this Who would you rather, James Trafford or Kaminsky? Trafford was bought for nearly 20 mil, Kaminsky 2.5 mil. Well, I think there's probably two answers to this question. I think Trafford has got probably more potential long term. Um, you know, he's he, what, what you got to remember is he's still young and he's fresh into the Premier League as well. And he didn't even play championship football last season, it was League One. So, um, He's got a lot of potential there. Um, and Kaminsky, uh, I think he's been solid for us. I was thinking this last night that um, he's been a, a solid signing for us. Um, he has indeed. really astute. All right, he's not pulled off, you know, saved us in games or this, that and the other, but he's just been solid. Um, and that's what we've needed at that because it's been a whole goalkeeper saga over the last four or five years where we haven't really nailed down a, a goalkeeper and I think that um, he's going to do that so and it's really good um, I think he's slotted in well so oh he, but, he has indeed I'm, I I like Kaminsky he's a big upgrade on what we had in Ethan Horvath yeah for sure and you know Trafford I think they, they paid 19 million right is that yeah, is that, yeah, and I that, that's, that's a Man City premium, though. It is, but I, I think that was probably based on, um, you know, his potential more than his actual performances. Yeah, he did all right in the under twenty ones um, Euros or World Cup, whatever it was, um, and he did well for Bolton. Um, but it's not million nineteen million pounds worth, is it? Um, and I think it's more based on potential and resale value than anything. But still, still a bit rich. Yeah, I feel we spent our money much better in the summer, but I guess it will sort of the acid test is playing the season out and see who who finishes higher. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but and yeah. I, I think the, the 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 leaving note to the space will be that you know obviously there was a lot of disappe- disappointed people on the socials last night. And everyone throwing a little bit of a wobbler, especially over on Facebook. It kind of descended into a Hatters Talk esque reaction, which we don't want. Um, it's just one game. It was one mistake. You know, we very nearly came away with a point from that. And you, you look over the set of games that we've had, the progression's there, clear, clear to see. You know, um, we're on the right track. You know, although it was bitterly disappointing to lose in, in the way that it was, you know, when I woke up this morning, I felt, you know, Forget about it. Let's get on with the next game. Yeah, and then we got to get that next game going. We got to yeah, bring it, bring it on because uh, that that's you know just got to sort of get that off our shoulders and and go headfirst into Spurs and see what where that brings us. Yeah, you know it's not that deep, and Spurs is going to be a really really tough game. You know they they they're in fantastic form. Um, yeah, they've got a couple of players light, but um, all we've got to do is turn up and give them a game. Um, you know, all of our games have been really, really tight of late, and we want to continue that and then start cutting out the mistakes. That's how we, we pick up points, and um, it's probably one of the toughest games this weekend. And uh, we've just got to go there and, and we've just got to let them come to us rather and, and hopefully pick up a point, you know, at least. Um, 
That'd be a spectacular point if we do. Before we go, uh, would you play Brown against Spurs? No, actually. Um, yeah, I think he he just needs to he needs to have that moment out. I think um, he's he's doing really well. You know, obviously he's it, he's he's been put into a role where it's been Elijah's for the last two years. You know, so. Uh, there's a lot of weight and expectation. Again, he's another one fresh into the Premier League, so they, they won't do him any, any harm coming out. But I actually, think it's a game that suits Elijah a little bit more. Okay, another question then: Would you revert to a three-five-two with Ogbeni in the right wing back position? Um, no, again, actually, and I know we've spoken about Kabare. I actually think that again, this is, this is a game that might suit him a little bit more as well. So. Um, I think he, he would have been disappointed with his performance last night. And like I said, he is inconsistent, but he he has put in good performances as well. So I'd probably give him a little bit more faith for now and, and, and stick with the way we're going. But revert revert back to it if, if we need to at some point in the game, which he did. And Steve rightly mentioned, you know, it's a good move from Rob. Clearly identified it and wasn't afraid to make the change. You know, back in Nathan's era, sometimes he was he wasn't brave enough to make those sort of changes and, and Rob mm. did last night and, you know, it was great to see and it was very effective. Yeah. Well, I guess we should wrap it up there, I guess. Yep. Um, well, that's us done for this week. You can listen back to this post-match phone-in across all podcast providers and it'll be up on our YouTube. Check out our socials. We are Lucent Town on Facebook. We are Lucent Town on Twitter. The Walt Podcast on Twitter. We're now running a monthly giveaway for the Blackstar Fly 3 Bluetooth amplification system. So like, retweet and follow Blackstar and the Walt Pod to get involved with that. And onwards to Spurs. We got this. Come on, you hatters. Podcast Network.